Amen. It feels good in the house of the Lord. Amen. Now, I'm going to shift some things in the spirit where I want and what I believe God has in store for this church. If you're a, if you're a first-time visitor, would you just raise your hand? You're visiting for the first, first time. Okay, so everybody's been here at least one or twice, a couple of times been here, Life Church. Amen. All right. If you have your Bibles with you, I do feel victory in the place. And just to kind of help you to understand some things, sometimes uh, the shift of the Holy Ghost and what God is doing, he went from a an atmosphere of like healing and, and God doing his thing and people being touched and ministered to. And then you had a shift to where everybody got excited and they started to, you know, hoop and holler and praise God and, and uh, believe God for the victory. And sometimes there's just different movings of the Holy Ghost that happens throughout the service that we need to be sensitive to what God is doing. Because at any moment in that, in that moment, God can do something so impossible, so out of this world to change your circumstance, can change your situation, can totally just take you from where you came into this place and set you on the right path when you leave this place. And so sometimes... During the service, as the Spirit of God moves, it sometimes becomes hot for some people, and sometimes it just takes a little bit more to get them going. And so you'll have a shift in the Holy Ghost at times during the praise and the worship, and as you go through it, you'll kind of feel it if you're sensitive to the Holy Ghost of what God is going to do. And I believe when we were singing those songs earlier as far as the slow songs go, uh, there was restoration, there was healing, and there was deliverance. If we're not careful as a church in being sensitive to the Holy Ghost, we will miss what we've been praying for. You want to see signs and wonders? You want to see the miraculous happen? then don't be in a rush when God shows up to do his thing. Because at that very moment, you felt the Holy Ghost come in. God was doing something deep. He was touching somebody's heart. He was turning somebody's spirit. Something was happening. And as we went along with the service, God did his thing and then... We went into the shouting and the praise, which is good. Kind of loosened some of us up to kind of get the circulation going in our blood and kind of going with it so that you're ready to receive the word of the Lord. Because your heart has to be ready for it so that it can find good ground and do what it needs to do. Now, I am a different type of minister. I'm not your traditional preacher. 
I am one, if, if you, you were there on Thursday when I preached, that, that's kind of how my ministry is. I just feel more of an authority and a loosening right now as I'm speaking to you today than I did on Thursday. And so I, I, I'm going to let you know what's going to happen the rest of this service. There is going to be deliverance. There is going to be restoration. And there is going to be healing. We were touching it. But God is going to finish it by the time this service is concluded and we're dismissed and everything. God is going to do those things. And now when I say deliverance, there's some of you that have come in this place that are oppressed. You're so, uh, so boggled down with life and the cares of this world. That God sees your situation and wants to come to you and help you and deliver you from that. Because it's not the will of God for that to happen. So with your Bibles, turn to the book of John. I'm going to just teach and preach a little bit about principle, which I feel in the Holy Ghost that needs to be mentioned today. And I'm going to say some prophetic words to this church that I feel uh, that I have for the, from the Lord to this church. I wish my pastor was here. I pray that he's having a great time. Um, I was hesitant as far as to bring what I needed to bring to the Lord. And the Lord says, you know what, just go. So I hope this is being recorded um, because I do feel that God is, is going to release something uh, in this church, uh, John, uh, I'm old-fashioned, I have a Bible. <laughs> Anybody have a Bible like this? You know, the, you, can, you can tell it's been used. Amen. No, 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 I'm not putting down anybody else because I, I, I carry my phone around too. So, but tonight or today, this afternoon, I got my Bible. John chapter 12, and beginning at verse number 23. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. It says, "But Jesus answered them, saying." The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. You may be seated. The setting in which Jesus is talking to his disciples regarding this particular principle is well before the, his death and burial and resurrection is going to take place. So you've got some time in which that's going to happen. But he's helping the disciples to understand something as far as his destiny and his purpose by which he is there on earth at that very time. 
And so he's helping them to understand a principle by which the purpose must be fulfilled. So he says, the tower has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Now, when Jesus, and when you read in the Bible, when it talks about the hour has come, you've got to realize that in the, in the spiritual realm, there are seasons and there are times. Solomon said that uh, there is a time to, to sow, there is a time to reap. There is a time and a season, a place in which things take place in our lives in the practical realm. But it also applies in the spiritual realm where there is a season by which sometimes you go through certain things that you have to go because it is the fulfillment of purpose. Without purpose, there is really no living. The purpose by which Jesus came on earth was that he would die for all mankind. But at this moment, the disciples didn't fully understand that. They seen the signs and the wonders. They seen nature stop, peace be still, the lame walking, the blind seeing, just anything and everything. Jesus was just declaring himself as the almighty before them. But yet there was still a purpose by which he was here on earth, or at that time there on earth. And so I want us to help us to understand there is a season, there is a time by which God orchestrates and does things in an individual, in your own walk with God, in a church, as a body of believers, in a city, in a region, in a state, in the country, and in the world. There are certain seasons by which God does things and allows things to happen. But all for the fulfillment of purpose. I need you to get that. Because I want to talk to your purpose this morning or this afternoon. There's a time in which it's happening. And so the Lord was saying to his disciples, the hour has come. Was it literally the hour in which he was going to be crucified? No, it was some time still to come. But he was allowing them to have some understanding. It's time now. In other words, I feel in my spirit, I feel this is, it's going to happen eventually. It's going to happen now. So he says, the time is upon us. That unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Now the principle which Jesus is talking to his disciples to help them to understand that there is a destiny or a purpose by which he is there on earth with them. But he's helping them to understand an illustration of a seed and the fruit thereof. Because everything that is in the seed that you see with your visible eyes and you touch and you taste is in that seed. But in order for that to come to pass, there has to be a season by which that seed must die. And when that seed dies, then it's been able to reproduce itself in the nature of an apple tree with apples. Now, a seed by itself, it doesn't yield nothing. A seed right after, I don't know if you've ever had a, a you know, back, 
growing up, we had watermelons. And uh, we got some of the seeds, and, and we would plant them. After we opened that watermelon and we spit out all the seeds, this is when the, we actually, you know, back then in the days where they actually had the watermelons with seeds. Nowadays, they don't have that. But the ones with the seeds, because those are the sweetest, the big ones, you know. Anyways, um, you know, we, being young, we was like, oh, yeah, we're going to plant something, right? Because I'm, I'm from a farming community, so, you know, everything's about fields and cotton and wheat and all that other stuff that's out there. So I'd get the seed, and I'd, and I'd plant it, and, and I'd water it, and I'd keep watering it, and, you know, thinking, man, this is going to happen. I'm going to get some watermelon. And uh, every time I tried, I don't know how many times I've tried, but nothing ever happened. Nothing. Um, until one time, I left the seeds out in the sun. And I allowed it, I, I just forgot about it. And the seeds just were out there for I don't know how many days in the sun, baking, right? Dried up, shriveled up. And... Um, once, you know, once I seen it and I came in and said, hey, these are these seeds. They're all dried up, shriveled up, thinking oh, they're worthless now, right? Because they don't look like a seed anymore. So I'm thinking, oh, man. It's... So anyways, I throw them away, right? Throw them on the, around, you know, the dirt. We had a lot of dirt back then in the backyard. And so I threw them over there, just like whatever, you know. A couple, couple weeks later, it happens that something starts to germinate. And I think, well, what's that? It looks like a weed, you know. Start looking at it a little bit more. I'm like, hmm. They didn't even dawn on me that I had thrown those watermelon seeds there. But it's just something's growing. So I'm like, okay, whatever, you know. That part of the yard hardly gets any water anyway. So let me just throw some water over there. And so I threw some water over there not, not knowing what it is. And then it starts to grow even more. Before you know it, I get the idea, hey, man, this is, this is the watermelon that I, the seeds that I threw over here. Now it's actually starting to grow into something. And so now with, with, with time, it's starting to grow. And now I, I take notice to the fact that it's something is visible that I can see that I know that's coming out. And I'm like, wow, okay, something happened. Before it wasn't, the seeds weren't growing. But all of a sudden now that the seeds were dried up and shriveled up and nothing was there, now all of a sudden I didn't even have to plant it. It just went into the soil and whatever nature took its place. And all of a sudden it's starting to happen. And so now that I see it happening and germinating and it's coming up and everything's good, I'm, I'm starting to now take care of this thing. You know, watering it and, and, and nourishing it and, and trying to take care of it and, and what have you. And, you know, the long story short, it, it, it grew, but then I killed it. But, you know, not taking care of it, just kind of neglecting it. But nonetheless, I was like, wow, this, you know, it happened. It, it can happen. Now, I'm, not, I, I, and I'm a pretty smart guy, but I didn't really put one and one together over there back then when I was growing up. I was like, whatever, you know, something happened, some freak of nature. And now, you know, it's what happened, it happened. But I never, I never really gave it any thought until I, I got into college and I started going and, and, you know, reading the word and getting more in, in tune with the word of the Lord. And the Lord brought this particular scripture to me and, and said something to me. He says, you know, here's a principle of which you need to understand in your walk with me. That you are a seed of purpose by which everything that I want to do through you, in you, by you, with you is in that seed. But in order for that to come to pass, it needs to die. Now, at that time, being in Bible college, just kind of going through prayer and, 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 you know, seeking after the, the, the face of God, 
and just going, oh, God, I want more of you. God, I want more of you. And then, you know, this particular thing comes to mind. You got to die. I was like, Lord, I want more of you. I want more of you, but you got to die. I was like, okay, let me, let me look into this a little bit more now because now it's starting to, starting to haunt me just a little bit. What kind, of, what kind of death are we talking about here when he's talking about uh, the seed and, and I need to die? Well, in order for you to become a disciple of the Lord, you must take up your cross and follow after him. There is no really easy way in this walk with God other than going down the straight and narrow path. Because the Bible says that everyone goes to the broad way. Everyone goes to the wide road. But, but there's few and far few that follow down the, the narrow road, right? Um, so having that understanding, okay, it's a path by which we take up our cross and we follow after him. And it's not going to be pretty by which we go down this path, but it's going to be narrow. And not, there's not going to be a lot of people around, but it's the path that I need to go with God. And so... As I began to pray and to get, get a little bit more understanding, uh, the Lord uh, started to deal with me regarding dying. Now, in order for you, for me to fulfill your, my purpose in you, he's talking to me. He said, you know, I need you to die to yourself. I said, Lord, I, I, you know, what are you talking about? I, I'm dead to myself already. I, I sacrificed everything to come over here to Bible college. Here I am, Lord, you know. I didn't even have a suit when I came to college, and, and it's required that I have a suit. So here I am, Lord. I'm just here. And he said, you know, I need you to die to yourself. And I was like, okay, well, what is it that I need to die? All your ambitions, all your desires, all your wants. I want you completely. Now, you've got to understand where I come from. And, and I don't say this just to say this, but I'm saying it because I have a point. I'm not the smartest guy, but I was pretty smart in school. And I had the um, available to go to a university and, and, go and, and go to my career that way. I, uh, business is what I love. Being in that realm and that world of business, that's, I love that. Um, negotiating, all that stuff, I, I love that stuff. Projects, processes, procedures, man, that's, I love that. And so that was, that was my goal. If from a practical perspective, that was where I wanted to go. But then God got a hold of me. I said, you know what, I'm, I want you to go to Bible college. I said, what? Come on now. Bible college? Now, at that time, Bible college, it wasn't even accredited. So you're just going just to go for four years, right? So, I, I, you know, I, 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 I go ahead and, and I heed to the voice of the Lord and I go. Now, some people think, oh, you go to Bible college because you think you're going to be a preacher. You're going to be a speaker. You're going to be something, right? You want to be moved, used of God. Well, at that time, I didn't know anything about the will of God as far as what he was going to do through me or in me or for me. All I knew is that I was available and I was willing and I wanted to go wherever God wanted me to go. And so I, I went ahead and applied and I got my uh, whatever, got accepted into the, into the college, went over there. Now, I didn't even know what I was getting into. 
I got to college, uh, and they said you needed more money as a down payment. I said, what? You, I thought it was this much. No, you need more, more money in, as a down payment. Okay, well, all right. I don't have the money for it, so I had to live with my uncle for about half a year. And every, year, every, every day I'd have to take the bus to college, get off the bus in the morning, go to college, go to the classes, get the bus, go back home, uh, and, and, uh, and get a job, et cetera, et cetera. So this went on for six months. In the course of the six months, I get there, and, and I'm thinking, I don't know, I'm, I guess I'm dressed, you know, for, for success here at this college. I got my tie on, I've got my long sleeve shirts, I've got my slacks and my shoes, and I'm just like, hey, I'm ready for church, right? We're going we're gonna to go to class. I'm just here for learning, right? No, you got, the requirement is you got to have a jacket. I was like, wow, a jacket? I don't have a jacket. So, um, so anyways... Lo and behold, I come in my uh, I, I come to campus one day, and a, and a young guy comes to me, and he says, a brother comes to me, and he says, you know what? Hey, you know what? I have this jacket. Um, it doesn't fit me no more, and I don't use it. You want to have it? I said, sure. I, you know, I need one. That's good. Awesome. You know, God provide it. And, and at that time, I didn't think of God provided. I just kind of went with the motion, you know? you know. Have you ever been in those situations where, you know, you, don't, you look back and you say, well, God provided here, and God did this, and God did Man, you look back, it's like, wow. Well, at that time, I was naive, so I didn't know what was going on. And I, all I, all I was, was focused on was me and God, getting a hold of God. Here I am. Do what you got to do. So after six months, I moved on to the campus, got the room there, was able to put my down payment for that. Now I'm in campus in the dorms. It's great. Life is good. I'm still wearing that jacket, by the way. It's the only jacket that I have. And it's the color blue, and so I'm using that every day. Every day, that same jacket going through it. You know, and as the months went by, someone else felt sorry for me and gave me another suit. So, <laughs> bless God, I got another suit. So, there I was, you know, just trucking away, just doing my thing in Bible college, doing what I got to do. And, you know, getting up to this point where, you know, all of this is tra- has happening to me. And then God's saying, you know, I need you to die. I'm like, what are you talking about? No, no, I need you to die. I cannot fulfill my purpose in you unless you are nothing. So at that particular moment, I started to pray fast, just get alone with God, just starting to empty out everything. At that time, I was emptying out some garbage I didn't even know I had. There was some hurts, there was some pain, there was some some, itch, some issues and situations that I brought back in my life that I didn't even know existed until God started just bringing this out and bringing this out and bringing this out and bringing this out. One particular issue that he brought up was uh, unforgiveness. And I said, you know what? I forgive everybody, Lord. You know, I'm seeking your face. I, I just, I, I, I'm all about you, Lord. And you got to realize, because as I'm saying this, God's touching me. God is moving through my life. I'm dancing in the Holy Ghost. I'm praying. I'm doing everything that is visible to everybody else on the outside that everything is okay. But I didn't know I had something inside of here until he started digging around. And so he said, you you got some unforgiveness there. And he started to bring out some situations regarding my father. And uh, I love my dad. He's, he's He's a great 
hardworking Mexican that that's all he knows to do is just work, 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 work. He's old school. So, you know, you're not going to find him not doing anything on a Saturday afternoon. He's going to be working and working. Something has to be done around the house. And, and if he didn't do it, he made us do it. So on my Saturdays, he'd wake us up at 6 o'clock in the morning, get up, mow the lawn, trim the trees, cut the weeds, pull the weeds, clean the garage, sweep the porch, do something. And so that's how I grew up. And I learned those things from my father, but there were some things that my father that I didn't like. He was a drunk. He was abusive. Abusive not so much physically but verbally. Uh, there was a lot of issues that he had that he, unbeknown to myself, I was holding something. And the Lord started to deal with me regarding that. I said, you need, you need to forgive. You need, a, you, you need to forgive that. I said, Lord, I forgive already. That's, that's in the past. That, that, that God, God you, it's already over. And he goes, no, no, no. For me to fulfill purpose in you, I need to bring it to the surface. So that that which is still alive like that watermelon seed you thought when you planted has to die in order for purpose to be fulfilled in your life. You will not turn the chapter in my walk with you to the next level until you forgive. I, that was just like a weight. It's like, whoa, uh, I, I don't, okay. So I, I, I sought God, I, I prayed, I cried, and it all hinged Upon this one moment, pick up the phone, dial the number, ring, ring, dad, hey, mijo, how you doing? I'm doing great. Everything okay? Everything's good, dad. So, hey, that's good, good to hear you, dad. Yeah, mijo. I, I got something I have to tell you. Uh, silence. I need to tell you I forgive you. I need to tell you that I forgive you for all that you did in the past. Silence. I said a few other things to him. Cried hung up the phone. As soon as I hung up the phone, there was a release in my spirit. And I felt virtue flow upon me, the Holy Ghost. And I knew that God had done a healing in my life that I was never going to be the same since that moment. And I'll let you know I've never been the same ever since then. Because of what God had done. Now, there was a couple other things that had to transpire, some more junk that came in my heart. 
that I had to go and had to die. Uh, but, I, but the reason why I'm saying all of this to you this, this afternoon is because in order for you to get to fulfill your purpose by which God has called you, there has to be something that needs to die within you. And you totally need to die to your ambitions, to your successes, to your predetermined thinking. Because in these last days that we're living in, and I don't know about you, but I feel in the Holy Ghost that there is a pressing that is happening where God is pressing his people to get ready. There is an urgency in the Holy Ghost, and I don't know if you really feel that or not, or if you're just caught up in the cares of the world, but there is an urgency in the spirit realm that is just calling and beckoning us to get ready. I'm coming back for my church. I need you to be ready. I need to find you doing my will. You need to be about my business. There is a pressing and an urgency in the spirit that, that, that God is calling out his church to be ready to do what I've called you to do. But I believe sometimes we get caught up. Now, I never knew this for a fact until I moved here. Everybody told me, yeah, go going to L.A. area. Yeah, it's going to be fast. It's going to be quick. It's going to be, everybody's going to be doing their thing. Everything's, you know, it's fast. Yeah, I knew that, right? When I got here, though, what I felt in the Holy Ghost and what I seen, and I was like, man, it's like, Every day you got to get a fullness of God upon you. Every day you got to be baptized with his spirit. Every day your mind has to be washed and cleansed by the word of the Lord. Every day you got to take up the armor of God. Every day you got you to fight this fight. Why? Because there are devils out there trying to grab at your attention every which way. And if you're not careful and if your eyes aren't focused on him, you'll be easily swayed away from him. And you'll be caught up in that realm of success, caught up in that realm of providing for your kids, providing for your family, doing all the necessities and the process by which this world operates. But I have to you to understand something. You operate on a different plane altogether. You are not of this world. Your mentality should not be on the things of this world. Your eyes should be focused on him. And only him. You've got to die to some things. I don't know who you are, but I know I came for a specific word to you. Now here's where I'm different than many other preachers. I can see some things in the Holy Ghost. And if you're around me any, for any, any period of time, I'll tell you some things that are going to happen to you. There are some people in this place that God has been talking to you and dealing with you. But you've been so caught up in the affairs of this world trying to do things on your own that God says, no, in order for me to do something through you and in you great, you need to die. 
well, Lord, I, I still see myself doing some great things. I'm still coming to church. I'm still being faithful. Keep doing the, the basics and the fundamentals of, of your walk with God. But and where you need to go and where God wants to destine you and your purpose, you need to die to some things. You need to give up some things and take up your cross and follow after him. You see, you've got to realize that your walk is different than your brothers and your sisters. And so sometimes it will be arduous, it will be so overwhelming that it's just me, Lord. Why is it just me? Why do I have to go through what I've got to go through? There is purpose that needs to be fulfilled through you and only through you. See, the disciples didn't understand this about Jesus and his destiny and the purpose by which he was here on earth at that time. They just didn't understand that. They were thinking that he was literally going to bring forth the kingdom of God literally on earth. And when he starts talking about, I'm going to die, I'm going I'm to be uh, raised in three days, I, I've got to go to the grave, I, 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 there's some things I've got to happen. They just were like, what? Not you, Lord. Come on. Really? It just didn't click inside of them that that was the purpose by which God was going to do. He had to go through. In verse number 22, he says, my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came for this hour. People are not going to understand you. People are not going to get their, 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 their minds wrapped around who you are. You're going to be, uh, you know, people are going to look at you differently because the cross that you have to bear, it's, it's only for you to bear. Uh, you're going to get some weird looks at you. and People are going to start to look at you differently because there's something that's changed when you take on the, the cross and you begin to allow God to, to die the death inside of you so that anything and everything is just did, did shriveled up. It's, it's no more. And it's at that point and at that moment that it's all shriveled up and nothing that all of a sudden there is life. That there can be life that spawns from it. You see, some of you have actually been going through some dying. And I can tell you that uh, where God is going to do in this church, there is in a season in which God has orchestrated a dying process. And it's been constricted and it's been, it's been withering. But I'll, i, I got to tell you something. There is life that is coming to you. Where God is going to take this church, and here's what I feel in the Holy Ghost. Where God is going to take this church, we have to be sensitive and vulnerable to his spirit at all times. Every moment that we come to service is a moment and an encounter with him. We cannot blow it. In your individual walk with him, uh, you talk about prayer, but you don't do prayer. You need to pray. Can, can I just be blunt with you? You talk about prayer, but you're not praying. You need to be praying. You talk about knowing the word of God, but you don't follow it. You, you need to follow the word of God. You talk about faithfulness. Faithfulness. 
but yet your words escape you for there is no faithfulness to you, only convenience. And it's whatever is convenient for you in your lifestyle that you wrap God around. And I'm here to let you know God is not interested in being wrapped around your world. He wants to be in your world and all your world. He's got something in store for you. He's got a destiny and a purpose by which he's called you out. You've got purpose today. You've got to make up in your mind and in your spirit that things have got to change and it starts now. I don't care what I think or what I perceive or what I, whatever. I need to know what's going to happen now. And the only thing that I can control is the now. Now, this story takes place before Jesus ascends and and goes through Calvary and all that. I want you to turn to the book of Luke, chapter. Is this okay? Twenty-two. Now the hour has truly come. Jesus and his disciples are going down the journey to Gethsemane, to the garden. The hour of betrayal is upon him. He takes his disciples, verse number 39, and he tells them to wait there, and then he takes the core with him, and he goes a little bit further. He says, watch and pray. With me. And he goes off a little more and he begins to pray. In the Bible, the story talks about him happening three times. He wakes up from his prayer. He goes and sees and their disciples are sleeping. He goes back and prays again. Comes back. They're still sleeping. He does this the third time. And he finds them. He wakes them up. And Judas is there. The hour of betrayer has come to pass. I want to point something out to you. That during the time, and this is, you know, this is of importance too, but you need to pray. God, there's some things you just need to pray so you don't enter into temptation. There's just some things you just need to pray. Just period, you just need to pray. Okay? There's no magic formula, you just need to pray. Okay? Are you praying? Pray. I'm not praying. Pray. Just pray, okay? The third time, during this time that he's doing this, coming back, the Gospels record the fact that Jesus, every time he goes to pray, he prays with agony and distress. Because all of a sudden now, at the end of fulfilling his purpose, there is an overwhelming anxiety that all of a sudden now is upon him. That he literally says, not my will, but your will be done. It, it, you know, in other words, if this cup can pass, let it pass. But, but, you know, because it's your purpose, don't let it pass. Just, just let it be fulfilled. 
Three times he goes and prays, and he's praying this type of prayer. In the course of his prayer, he's struggling with the fact as being fully human and fully God. He's struggling with the fact that I've got a purpose. I've got to go to the cross. I've got to die for all mankind. But it's overwhelming. Yet he prays and he earnests in the Bible. One, one, one uh, gospel records it as though he was sweating drops of blood, so in agony, so, so overwhelmed with the cup that, that he had before him that he had to partake of. That, that he just, it was just overwhelming. The Bible records that there was an angel that came and strengthened him so that he would have the strength to endure what was to come for him. Because as the story goes on in the death of Jesus Christ and all that transpired, the guy was out, tired, he was just fatigued, he was, everything that was, that was, took place at the cross, it was just overwhelming, physically. All that, all that took place, the three times he prayed. The book of John, Gospel of John records even more that Jesus prayed as he prayed for his disciples uh, uh, and going forward. And then the betrayal comes where Judas is, is standing before him. And as you read this, the Gospels of the event, different ones happen. But this is just my take on how it happened. You can read it for yourself. So here's Judas. He shows up and Jesus gets up and he's gathered his disciples and they just got up from sleeping and Jesus has been, been praying. So he's all, have you ever been, seen somebody that just prayed and you've seen them come out of the prayer room? You're like, whoa, what happened to you? You know, that's how Jesus was. He was just all, probably his face was all puffed up, just crying and everything. And he's got his disciples. Here comes Judas with the, with the army that's around him. And, uh, he, you know, he, he's coming and Jesus asks, uh, who do you, who are you looking for? And, and one of the army guys says, you know what, it's, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. And, and John records the fact that as they said that, they, they dropped back and they fell. As he said, I am he. Now, Judas seals it with a kiss. And he kisses him on the side. And now they know that it's the Jesus that they're looking for. And Jesus asks again, who do you seek? And he says, it's, uh, we're seeking Jesus. And Jesus says, I am he. And this time nobody fell down on the ground. They got him. They, they, they surrounded him. They shackled him, him up and everything. And, and at this time, Peter takes out a sword and cuts off the ear of, I believe it's Manthus, right? Cuts off the priest's ear. Now, I want you to, See something here in Matthew. Because I like this particular passage that says it. Matthew chapter 26, verse 52. Then Jesus said to him, put your sword in its place. He's talking to Peter. For all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot pray to my father, and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels. In that hour, Jesus said to the multitudes, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to take me? 
I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, and you did not seize me. But all this was done that the scripture of the prophets might be fulfilled. Your destiny, your purpose, God has orchestrated it to happen. You're here for a reason. And I know this isn't your particular liking as far as preaching goes, but I really do need to talk to your spirit right now. There is a purpose by which God is calling you. And God has orchestrated some things to happen in your life. And you're not understanding what's going on. And you're wondering why things are happening the way they're happening. Well, if you have faith and you trust in God, it'll be okay. And you've heard that over and over again to the point to where your ears are kind of muffled to the fact that if I hear trust and belief in God again, I need something more. Well, I'm your answer to your more. Because I'm here to help you to understand that what God is doing in you and through you has purpose. And in order for the purpose to be fulfilled, you've got to go through the thing you're going through. Now, there is a death that needs to take place. Because you've been struggling with yourself into, into going into a different realm with him. That you've been wanting and you've been desiring. Because I'm talking to somebody now. You've been wanting that desire and you've been wanting and you've been seeking after God for it. And, God, and all of a sudden you're hitting this wall. And you're thinking, what's going on? Is it the enemy? Is it, is, 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 is it the trial? What, what is going on? And you don't, you don't have your finger on it. You can't understand it, what's going on. But it's the purpose that's coming against you. It's the purpose of God that is stopping you. Because what needs to happen is that you need to come to yourself, seek him, fall on your face, and die to yourself. There's some things that God needs to work out of you that in order for it to be fulfilled where God needs to take you, you need to die. Once God can do so, he can take you into that little realm that you need to go into. So all this turmoil, all this trial, all this going back and forth, it's for a purpose. It's trying you. It's testing you. Because purpose has to hit you in the face to wake you up for the realization of where you're at. To knock off the cares of the world and get you straight with him. To understand that he needs and wants to do something great in you. But in order for grace to happen in your life and to uphold and take hold of the grace that is upon you, you need to die to yourself. So that grace can have its perfect work through you and in you. You see, you've been talking about favor with God. But you have no favor with God. You talk that you walk with him, but you have no walk with him. You're walking in convenience. And riding on the prayers of those around you. That's the grace that you've been bestowed upon and walking in. But true grace, that is unmerited grace, that is on every individual, must be 
of purpose. Because if you don't have purpose in your life, you, you can't be destined to do and the grace to equip you to do it. So you'll always be struggling in the struggle that you're in. Constantly going back and forth. Because what God wants to take you through is a breakthrough through that. But he's helping you to understand something. You've got to wake up. You want it. He's here to give it. You want something more. He's here to give it. No more playing church. No more coming and going. This is where you've got to be real with yourself. This is where you have to be real. Hey, I can't make it without him. I I don't want to even go on without him. I've got to have him totally in my life. If he's talking to me about giving up this and giving up that and giving up this and, and walking the walk, I need to go down that path. Because I'm telling you, some of you are struggling with that. Quit focusing on the struggle. And focus on the one that can deliver you from it. Focus on the one that has purpose and destiny for you. That can speak to your life. And there be the grace that is needed for you to fulfill what he's called you to do. The Holy Ghost is here right now. Would you close your eyes? There is going to be a life-altering thing that happens right now. I'm just feeling the Holy Ghost. And I, I appreciate your patience with me. I know this is probably new for most of you. But you can't deny that you feel the Holy Ghost and you feel the presence of God in this place. And as I was preaching to you, you know, you felt in your heart, it was a pricking in you. It was like, ugh. And that was God trying to wake you up to the hour of the time that we're living in right now. You see, as it was for Jesus when he was describing to his disciples that the hour was at hand, I'm here to let you know this afternoon, the hour is at hand for you. The time is now. God is going to elevate you to a different season with him. And you've got to be sensitive and aware of what God is doing. That you can allow God to do his finished work through you and in you. God wants and desires more than you ever could ever think or fathom. You. The question is whether or not you're willing to lay everything down and come to him and follow after him. It's going to be hard. I'm not going to lie to you. But the purpose by which God has destiny for you outweighs where you're at right now. It outweighs where you're at right now. Right now, we're going to pray. And Brother Caleb, would you help me out? I'm going to pray a prayer. And God is going to deliver some of your mindsets that you have right now.
You don't think it can happen. God's just going to wipe that doubt away. And he's going to give you fresh eyes of faith. Because he's going to give you a glimpse of your future. Of what he has destined for you. Now, please don't take me the wrong way. I'm not against college, university. I'm not against any of that stuff. I am against anything that will be in the, uh, that comes in favor of that. I am against. So if anything and everything, if, if God isn't first in your life, then he needs to be first in your life. Can you lift up your voices right now? If you would stand with me. Lift up your hands right now. Brother Caleb, I want you to sing that healing song because I know there's healing right now that's going to take place. God is going to set some of you free right now from some things that have you bound. God is giving you direction even now what you need to do. Don't be in a hurry. If you really want God to do something in your life, he's here right now to do it. He's here right now to do it. I'm an old-fashioned kind of preacher in regards to an altar call. If God has been talking to you, please make your way to the altar. As you come to this altar, every step you take, I believe in faith, you're exercising your faith. God's been talking to you. Don't worry about the brother or the sister next to you. Who cares right now, to be honest? The presence of the Lord is in this place. And I've got a date with destiny. If the word of the Lord was talking to you, you need to make your way up to this altar. We are going to pray together. And God is going to make some things happen. There is a shift in the Holy Ghost that's going to take place for those of you that are standing up here at the altar. Press forward. Get as close as you can. Don't even worry. Right now, it, it's about you. It's not about your brother or sister. It's about you. you hold I need you to talk to God. And you call my 
Go ahead and pray and reach out to him right now. And you walk with me through the fire. And you heal all my disease. And I'll trust in you. And I'll trust
healing taking place right now. You can feel that God is healing someone right now. There is a healing taking place right now. You need that healing, just reach out right now. There is a healing taking place right now. Just reach out right now. God wants to heal you. God wants to do a healing in your spiritual life right now. Just let it out right now. Just let it out right now. That's the Holy Ghost. It's all over you. Just let it out right now.
Ghost is still here. He hasn't left. He hasn't left. He's still here right now. Continue to pray. Continue to worship. Continue to seek him right now. There are lives being changed right now. Brother, I don't know what your name is, but I seen you a couple of days ago in the spirit. And when you came up here to get prayed for, and I don't know what you were prayed for, to be honest with you, I felt the Holy Ghost speak to me and say that man is a man of valor. A courageous man. A man that I have destined and set apart. God has a purpose and a plan for you. Do not fear what you do not understand. But believe God that he's going to take you and your family into a different realm with him. Be courageous. Stand still and you'll see the demonstration and power of God in your life. I feel like angels have come into this place right now. Oh, 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 
just happened right now just so you have some understanding the Holy Ghost Jesus did some work in some of you there's some shifting that's taken place in your walk with God it's almost as though he's shift you and positioned you differently now with the shifting comes perspective. You're going to see things differently now. You're going to envision things differently now. You've got to be able to walk in that. Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. Because the minute you leave, fear is going to grip your heart. Do not be afraid because he has given you fresh perspective on what he's doing through you and in your life. All you need to do is release yourself and go forward. Because as you go, you will see. As you see, it will come
Now here's what I have for the church, Life Church. I feel in the Holy Ghost that God is positioning Life Church into the realm of the supernatural. He has orchestrated some things to happen. Purpose has been against us. But that purpose was meant for good. So that he could propel us into the next realm with him. Things are going to be different. There is a shift that has taken place. That Life Church has an integral part in these last days. That he is going to use this church in. You are a part of something great that God is going to do. You talk about signs and wonders that is happening that you want to see and you desire. That's just going to be a thing of the past. It's just going to be a norm here. People are going to come into this place not even knowing. God's just going to fill them with the Holy Ghost. They're just going to be baptized right then and there. Hey, I want to give myself over to God. God's just going to start to release people. There's going to be a fast mentoring program taking place here. To where God is going to orchestrate some things to happen. And there's going to be a release and release and release and release. And reproduction after reproduction after reproduction after reproduction is going to happen. This mother is waiting to give birth to some children. This mother church is getting ready to give birth to some children. And it was hard and it was arduous and it was just taxing but God says you know what I positioned you in the right time in the right place to release you into this world to do the work that I have called this church to do some of you are already thinking we don't have a building we don't have this we don't have that that, thing, that type of thinking is a thing of the past God is doing a new thing now. Amen. And new wineskins is required. Because the new wine is being poured out. And this church is going to be destined to have a partake of it. Get ready, church. I'm serious. Get ready because there's coming. God's already moving some pieces together. It may look dim like something's not going to happen. This is not, don't even worry about that. Don't even worry about that. God is positioning some things to happen already as it is. Be ready in your mind and in your spirit. God is going to do something. Expect it. Look through eyes of faith, different perspective. Because what I'm saying now is going to come to pass. And 
I don't like to look, I don't like to say dates or anything like that. I know because people look at you kind of weird and say, oh, yeah, you're just prophesying wrong and everything. And nobody knows the time or the hour. But I believe there is a shift in the spirit, a season. And I believe the voice of the Lord is saying to the church of Life Church, the time is now. The season is now. With your hands raised up, let's lift up our voices right now. If you feel that confirmation in your spirit, you feel it. God is doing it. I want you just to release your faith right now. And let's pray for our church. That God is doing some things, that he continues to do some things. Let's pray for the ministers, the leaders, our pastor. As God is orchestrating, God is going to do. All we have to do is be ready to go and do. Let's lift up our voice, Jesus, right now. We believe your word for us, Lord, this afternoon. And we believe you to do great things through us and in us and for us. We believe right now, Lord, that you have destined this church for greatness. Position us, Lord, in the place, the right time, where it is that we show up with our faith expecting, with great expectation. Jesus, you do the work. We believe and trust in you, Lord. And we give you praise and we give you honor, Lord. We give you praise and we give you honor, Lord. And let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I'm supposed to turn it over to somebody, I think, right now. Um, but there's a reason why I'm holding on to the mic a little longer. Not, not because uh, of anything. Just to help you to understand. Don't be too quick. Some of you would have just went back to your seat and missed what God was really intending for you to have. Just keep in mind, the Holy Ghost is like a river. You have calm waters. You'll have rough waters. You'll flow, but yet it still flows. This is what we need going forward. Let God have his perfect way. Because that's who does the work. Amen. And I don't know about you, man, but I want God to have his work in me. I don't just want to come. I want to be changed. I, I want to leave different. Would you grab the hand of the person next to you? One of the core fundamental things, principles by which 
we are going to be founded upon as a church going forward. And that is unity. We have to pull together like never before. We need each other. We're not an island to ourselves. We need each other. We're going to pray for unity among the body of Christ. Because in order for us to go into that different realm with him, there has to be a fundamental foundation of unity. We have got to pull together our resources. We've got to pull together everything that is within us for the kingdom of God. So we've got to be united together. When one hurts, we all hurt. When one's joyous, we've got to be joyous. We need each other. And some of you back there that have been, you want this. I'm telling you, this is part of the family that you've been looking for. This is part of the family you've been wanting and desiring. It's here. And it doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. It doesn't matter. In God's eyes, we're all the same. We need Him. So pray for your brother and your sister right now. Lift them up in prayer right now. Just pray with them. Grab the hand of the next person next to you. Just make a big old line together, a chain that can't be broken. Hey, come on, everybody. Just get, get together until you, until you're holding hands with somebody else. Get together. Get outside of your, your chair and, and everywhere else. And, and just reach out and touch somebody right there and lay, lay hands on them right there. Come on, come on. Everybody, everybody, everybody. We can't preach unity and not have unity. Come on. You brothers back there, come on up right here. Grab some of the hands of the brothers and sisters next to you. Reach out and touch somebody right there next to you, behind you. Let the chain go around. That's it. Sister, right there in the blue, why don't you grab the hand of the person in front of you? Hey, sister, right there in the brown, Grab the hand of the person next to you over there. Hey, you folks over there, come on up. Grab the person of the person next to you right there behind you. Hey, doctor, come on up right here. Grab the person right here next to you. You guys back there in the back, grab hands of the person next to you. Make a chain. Come on, link up, link up, link up. Come on, link up. Hey, you brothers over there. Come on over here. Let's go. Get somebody right next to you. We're in this together. We're in this together. We're in this together. We're in this together. Pray, pray, pray. Pray for your brother. Pray for your sister. Pray unity in the church.
if you want more of him this day. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just put our hands together and let's give him some praise. Hallelujah. 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 Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. The Bible does say if the seed, if the seed does not die, fall to the ground and die to itself, it abideth alone. Amen. Unless we die out to our will and our own personal ambitions and desire, we abide alone. Amen. Sometimes we've just got to lay some things at his feet. It might be fear. It might be personal goals or ambitions. But we just got to put it at his feet. And we just got to trust in him. Amen. We serve a great God, don't we? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We serve a mighty God, don't we? Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen, amen. There's nothing that is not possible with him. Through him, all things are possible. Amen. You can have what you need. You can obtain what you need in him. Amen. I'm so glad that I can be confident in Jesus. I'm so glad that my faith and my confidence is in him. And I'm thankful for the word today. Amen. I'm thankful for what we heard today. I'm thankful for what we felt today in this presence. Amen. Last week, um, I got real sick at the end of the service. And I got real sick. And I hadn't been quite that sick for quite a while. In fact, I came up to the altar and I prayed for a minute. Then I, I went straight home and, and got into bed. And I was sick for a good part of the day. But today, it's a different story. I'm here in church. Amen. Amen. And the enemy came to me a little bit before service and said, are you ready for round two? Because I'm ready to hit you again with the same thing I hit you with last week. And I got up and I told my wife, I said, I'm going to church. It doesn't make any difference. What happens, happens. But I'm going to be there. Amen. Because I know God has something in store for me. Amen. We serve a great God. Amen. 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 Again, thank you, Brother Jesse, for the word of God. It's great to be in the house of God. Amen. God has a lot of great store, things in store for Life Church. And I just want to be a part of what he has for this church. Amen. As we continue through this week, or we go into next week, let's just continue to pray for our pastor. Pray for Life Church. And... In just a few moments, we're going to be tearing down. If you have a, if you can help out in um, tearing down and putting things away, we would appreciate it a whole lot. And let's just all pray as we're dismissed from this place today. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your wonderful mercy, God. We thank you for allowing us to be in the house of God this afternoon, Jesus. God, we don't want to take anything for granted, God. We thank you for the word of God that we've heard today, Lord Jesus. And we just pray that the word of God will find a lodging place in our hearts, God, and that the word of God will germinate and grow inside of our spirit, God, so our faith and our confidence in you can grow, Jesus. God, and I just pray, God, that you would be with each and every one this afternoon, God, as we're dismissed from this place, God, and that you would go with us, God, and that you would keep us by your tender mercy, God, and that your compassion, Lord, and your mercy, God, would be renewed in us each and every day, Lord Jesus. God, we thank you for today, Lord. And we thank you for the service this afternoon. In Jesus' name we pray and we say amen. Amen. Thank